Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. We've got a lot of awesome stories of compliance today, and our first one's from Bald Goddess. Tell me I don't know how to fax and then ask me to refax everything. So this happened probably 12 years ago when I worked for a financial institution in their automotive financing division. Received a request one day from an insurance company requesting a loan payoff quote faxed to them due to a total loss. Faxed them the information they requested and moved on with my day. The following day, I received a request from the insurance claims adjuster saying he didn't receive the payoff quote. I advised that it had been faxed and asked to confirm the fax number in case the fax number had been written down incorrectly. Confirmed with the insurance adjuster that the fax number on the confirmation printout matched the fax number that was provided and asked whether there might have been an issue on their end. He said it was impossible and insinuated that I must not know how to use a fax machine since I was female. I didn't respond to his sexist comments and just advised that I would resend the requested information to the fax number he provided. Here's where the malicious compliance comes in. We had three fax machines in my department. Every hour, on the hour, I faxed the requested information using all three fax machines. After six hours later, he called and begged me to stop. I thanked him for confirming that he had received my faxes as I was concerned that, based off our previous conversation, I didn't know how to send a fax properly. I can't remember him apologizing, but all of my coworkers, including supervisor, found my handling of the situation hilarious. Do you guys think what OP did in this situation was appropriate, or was it a little overly petty for you guys? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from G. Old McDonald. Didn't receive my fax? Oh, I'll make sure you receive it. Someone's fax story on here just reminded me of a fax story of my own. It took place about 20 years ago. I had bought a cell phone at an AT&T store for a few hundred dollars. The phone came with a mail-in rebate for one or two hundred dollars, within which you had to complete a form and mail it to the manufacturer along with proof of purchase and the UPC code cut from the original box. I was diligent with how I sent the form and paperwork as I didn't trust the whole process. I photocopied all my documents and mailed it to the manufacturer as required. I waited the prescribed six weeks, but never received my rebate check in the mail. I called the manufacturer at exactly the six week mark and after spending some time on the phone with a representative, I was told they never received my documents. I asked for their fax number, which they gave me, and I hung up the call. I then used my employer's fax machine to fax copies of the documents. It was about nine pages, including cover letter. I received a copy of the fax confirmation and called the manufacturer the next day. They told me the fax wasn't received. Cue malicious compliance. The next day, I faxed the documents again for my employer's fax machine about two dozen times. I just kept going to the machine to refax the documents every 10 minutes. 
Around midday, I received a call from a manager at the manufacturer who had advised me my fax was received to please stop faxing them and that they were sending my rebate immediately. I told them, great, if I don't see it in five business days, I'll fax them every 10 minutes of every weekday until it is received. Four days later, I got my check. See, stories like this are kind of why I'm glad that we switched to email because unless you typoed, there is no excuse you cannot say you did not receive an email. It might have gone to your spam, it might have gone to a filter, but you definitely received that email if it's in my sent box to the right email. Our next story is from Zan Skeet. We pay you to... I'll try to keep details brief. My company has been contracted by another company to repair equipment. This is done in work cells hosted in a building owned and run by the company contracting us. So we need to follow a quite a few of their rules. During pre-operation, we had a skeleton crew setting up work cells, sourcing tools, yada yada yada. Unfortunately, we ran into a situation in which I had to make a run to a hardware store last minute in the middle of the day to avoid some other things running behind. Apparently, this caused a crap storm, as my boss put it. Our point of contact was up in arms about the fact that I timed out were paid in salary at 2.45 p.m. We all got together on the phone and I kindly explained that I went to do business-related things. My boss deemed that that was more than fair and that our point of contact has no reason to be upset. The next morning when I came in, our point of contact was giving me a further ration of poop in a conversation that went something along the lines of, you timed out much earlier than your scheduled off time yesterday, don't do that again. I say, we've already explained to you that I was doing business and remain focused on our goal here, to get our work cell set up for our start date. Point of contact said, no, you need to take care of those things outside of the time you're scheduled here. I say, that's not acceptable. I won't allow you to think that it's okay for me to be working off the clock. If you'd like, we can open a dialogue on negotiating overtime or supplemental pay. They reply, no, we don't want to do that. We pay you to set up work cells and organize tools only. You don't do anything else. I say, great, please outline that in an email. That way I can better communicate that to my team. So our point of contact does. Unfortunately, our job currently entails much, much more. We organize deliveries. We check drivers in. We direct freight and docking. We attend meetings to organize happenings for the week and on and on. For two weeks, anytime anything came up, we delegated these tasks to our point of contact, citing their outline of, you set up work cells and organize tools only. Things fell very far behind. I think the final straw was when our point of contact told us we needed to get a particular PPE on Friday, not required by us, but required by their guidelines. Our start date for 60 additional people was negotiated for the following Monday. Again, I told our point of contact that I will not shop for business-related things on personal time. On Monday, the 60 new hires arrived. Because they were missing the specific PPE requested last minute, they were technically unable to actually start doing anything, according to their safety standards. At this point, we're all being paid to do… well, nothing. So I touched base with our point of contact to ask if, now that our negotiated tasks looked different since the transition of the start date, if he'd be so kind as to let me take care of company business on company time. That way we can get the ball rolling on things. He told me not to do anything at all and that he'd get in touch with my boss. From what I understand, a handful of people got dragged into it, 
Lots of phone calls, lots of pissed off people, the whole nine yards. This went on for the entire day. Meanwhile, our crew's just chopping it up and getting to know one another. Mind you, still being paid per the negotiations. Come Tuesday, essentially the same thing happens. Any inquiries that came my way was met with something like, Our point of contact made the executive decision to outline our specific job duties during our setup period. Despite what we'd negotiated, they deemed it necessary to make, in my opinion, arbitrary and baseless decisions on how we should spend our time during our setup period. During the last two weeks, they had every opportunity to reconcile any hastily made decisions, but chose not to do so. This morning, our point of contact was gone. Apparently, their absence has been a complete sigh of relief for many, many people in the building. I always figured they just thought they could boss us around because we were the new kids on the block. But I guess he was always a controlling meathead from what others have said. I don't exactly know where I stand with my company at this point, but I'm hopeful they'll see the humor in everything in hindsight. I mean, not only humor, but practicality. Like, I hope they have respect for OP for not bending over backwards and doing all this free stuff off the clock. And if they don't have respect and think that OP should have been working off the clock for free, then forget all those other people too. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so that you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from an anonymous poster. Don't like me saying the textbook is wrong? Okay, the textbook says the textbook is wrong. I'm in college and I have a social science requirement even though it's unrelated to my major. Not too big of a deal, it's not a hard requirement to fill. However, the class I signed up for to fill the requirement is ridiculous. I don't mean not my favorite, I mean that it teaches obviously untrue things in an attempt to justify the author's worldview, and it clearly should not be used for the course. A large part of this course is using a website to read material like the textbook and leaving comments on it that other students and the professor can see, with the intention of sparking thoughtful discussion. Several times I've commented how the textbook is clearly wrong, with my favorite being, there is no gene for race. Of course, race is genetic, and citing black people with albinism as examples because there's white children born to black parents. The professor doesn't appreciate my disagreeing. I don't know if there's any particular reason he didn't like it. He just didn't and refused to talk with me in person about it, and replies to a couple of the comments telling me how I shouldn't argue against the text we're trying to learn from, especially since I'm only going on my own opinion. That last bit of sentence got my attention. Funny thing, with this textbook being poorly written, it contradicts itself a lot. So I start quoting the textbook itself when I disagree with it whenever I can find an applicable contradiction. You know, just to make sure it's not based on my own opinions. I couldn't always find a quote, but I sure looked, and if there was one to be found, I found it. One example is when I quoted the textbook saying, Medical disorders such as pregnancy, when commenting on a section that said pregnancy was once incorrectly understood as a medical disorder, but is now known to be a social issue. Not the most argument-worthy bit, I know, but the clearest contradiction. When I quoted the textbook, I even used the formatted citation, author, and page number, and everything, which amused my roommate to no end when I shared the story with him. The professor stopped telling me to not argue with the text, and in fact stopped replying to my comments at all. 
I haven't heard a word about it since, other than a comment from a classmate asking why he seemed so uncomfortable when I participated in a class discussion the day after. All I can say is I'm glad OP didn't really need that credit because imagine really actually needing to use that stuff for your job and being taught this ludicrous nonsense book. Our next story is from Elise UVU. Mom told me when I was young I couldn't buy GTA 5 until... My mom told me I couldn't buy GTA 5 until I was old enough to pay for it and get a job. In my state, you can get a job with restricted hours at 14. I could afford it with some birthday money and a deal on Xbox, so I bought it. She asked what I was playing and I told her. She got mad and told me to uninstall it. I told her what she said when I was like 8 or 9. She said, You little crap, of course you'd remember that. I still kind of giggle about it. Hopefully it's a cute little moment and I kind of hope that they let OP keep playing it because, let's be real, most of us were playing games like GTA when we were 14. And it's not like they didn't work for it, literally, they at least put some real effort in. Our next story is from Birdie B.A. Starred, way back in the 80s. I got a job as a contractor for a department within British Gas, replacing all the field marker posts at hedgerows and road crossings that show the direction of the high pressure pipelines. A really easy job to do. After the first week, the manager pops out to see us and complains that we're going too fast and making his guys look bad because we're doing it three times what they usually do. He asked us to slow down, so for the next four years, we worked two days for them and then used their van and tools to go do side jobs for various people and earned almost three times what they were paying us just so the direct labor guys didn't look bad. I mean, hey, if there's a hustle to be had, and honestly, they're kind of advertising you to do that hustle, might as well take it, right? And our final story of the day is by MND1993. The elderly Karen next door maliciously complied herself. The old bat next door insisted time and time again that when she was working around her flower beds, she was still in her yard. She told the guy who mowed her yard that the property line was not an issue and to just mow up my side of her yard with a large zero-turn lawnmower. I told her that he needed to mine the property line because I don't want the chemicals he uses on my lawn because they have dogs and because it's not her property. He didn't want to deal with her, so he ignored me and would keep crossing into my yard. He would even drive up my driveway, cut across my lawn to cut her front yard because he had no other way to get in there with all of her flower beds. I finally attempted to get the police involved because she started getting nasty with me and making threats when I told her to stay off of my property. The police suggested that perhaps a property survey was in order and left her with a warning, so she did just that. It turns out all of her beds are 4-6 to inches from the property line and her lawn guy was mowing 10 feet onto my property. She started putting trellises, bird baths, and fence posts up, and then started stringing Christmas garland in an attempt to create some sort of barrier. I would chalk this up to some changes that might be happening because of her age, but frankly, she's always been a witch. You gotta love being settled down, living in a house next to a neighbor like that. Honestly, if neither one of you guys are gonna move, honestly, a barrier isn't the worst thing to go up between. As long as it's not some horrendously unsightly thing that you're really annoyed looking at, it might be good to just kind of wall them off. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. 
Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.